Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you are thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. The topic that I'm going to talk about today is interesting. So, in my current organization, I run a small team of architects, and um, I'm very proud of this team because it's a very diverse team. It's a very skillful team. It's a very, uh, very collaborative, communicative, lovely team, basically. But primarily, it's a very diverse team. And, well, diverse in a way, right? Uh, I say in a way because if you look at my team, it's all men. I don't have a single woman in my team. It's not um, intentional. It's just that it so happens that there are no women in this team. And if you really ask me, infrastructure architects with, uh, with skills in AWS and Azure are a little difficult to find. It's not so easy. But, but nevertheless, I think that the team is very diverse. And the reason I say it's diverse is because every person in the team is unique, right? One is an extrovert, one is an introvert, one is excellent in communication, one is not so good in communication, but excellent excellent in collaboration or excellent in, in their technical skills or excellent in, you know, every person within the team brings some unique capabilities to the team. And that's why it's diverse. Now, it's a small team but the portfolio is rather big. So I have, one, we support three towers within the organization. One of them is an administrative tower within which there are smaller towers like HR and finance and accounting and, and procurement and legal and compliance and, and facilities and so on and so forth. There's another tower uh, that supports enterprise architecture platform, data and digital. So everything starting from data lakes to artificial intelligence, etc. we support them. And then there is one more tower, which is called uh, Lean Digital Core, which primarily is made up of large enterprise applications, which includes SAP workloads and, um, and you know, CMDB and what have you. So these are really big applications that, that the organization requires and we support them as well. So if you really look at it, uh, the, the, the size of my portfolio is rather big. The size that our team supports is the amount of work that we do is tremendous. And yet we've decided on purpose to keep the team small. There are about six or seven people. That's the usual size that I have. And I say six or seven because the number often changes. We work with external partners, of course, and there are various managed services and various uh, you know, um, staff augmentation models in which we work. But the idea is that we keep the team small. Um, and still we are able to get this huge amount of work done primarily because of these unique skills that every single person brings, right? And I am very proud of my team, which primarily brings me to the topic of today, which is diversity and inclusion. Now, this is a little bit of a sensitive subject, and that's why I've been meaning to talk about this for quite a while now, and I have not talked about it primarily because I think that it's a little sensitive and people have very strong opinions about it one way or the other. But then I decided that I'll pick it up today because it really doesn't matter. I'm just telling you about what my opinion is. And, and then you may decide to disagree or may, you know, you know, 
talk to me about what your opinions are and that's all right you know and that's all right because it's important that we debate it's important that we talk about our opinions because uh, uh, because it's debates and healthy arguments that really are the foundation and cornerstone of progress and that's one of the biggest reasons why you require diversity and inclusion in your team so why and and we've all attended trainings on diversity and inclusion and we all know that when you have a diverse team when you have people from different ethnicities different races different genders different uh, origins primarily in a single team uh, it's better because everybody comes up with beautiful ideas and uh, everybody comes up with unique uh, opinions and thoughts and and so on now naturally we have an urge to pick people who are like us and uh, because it's simpler because because we all agree with each other because we have similar opinions and similar ideas the upside is things become smoother the downside is that you'll never have any innovative ideas everybody will give up, give the same kind of ideas now if you listen to jordan peterson and this is someone that i'm uh, a big fan of you know of of his, of his lectures of his ideas of his thoughts and and he gives an interesting idea that says that there should be diversity of opportunities and not diversity of outcomes what that means is that that opportunities should be given out to everybody right everybody should have the opportunity to apply for a position to you know play a certain role etc but if you have a board of directors where there are 10 people and you decide that five people will be men and five people will be women that is not a very good idea simply because let's say that there's a man who's really good at what he does he's able to perform that role really well in the board of directors but you reserve that seat for a woman so then the person who is really good will not get that position and there may come along a woman who probably is not as good as the man does not deserve the position but she will get it because she is best among the lot that we are looking at which is you know all the women that we are looking at and and they she may end up not doing her job really well you know so that is a little bit of a damage to the organization so on one hand you want to encourage diversity and inclusion on the other hand you're not reserving the seat which by the way is not a very good idea now you know it's not a very good idea simply because if you don't reserve the seat for a diverse candidate and i'm not just talking about women i'm talking about all diverse candidates from all race religion ethnicity gender what have you what may happen is there may be bias right like i said earlier we have an urge to pick people who are like us we have a natural urge and that's how we make friends right we make friends with people who have similar interests who agree with our opinions who you know laugh with us cry with us etc etc which is okay in a personal setting but when you're working within an organization you want outcomes you want results so our natural urge to pick people who are exactly like us may put some biases in our decision we may choose people who are like us uh, of our gender our race our ethnicity our religion etc so what do we do about this how can we uh, fix this issue how can we uh, resolve the conflict between diversity of opportunities which which may be biased because we would like to choose people who are like us or diversity of outcomes in which case there's a possibility that a non-deserving candidate might come and take that position so jordan peterson in one way does resolve this issue a little bit he says that actually if you look at it there are no classes of diversity 
for example, you may split the group into men and women, let's say, right? And there are men. Uh, so on one hand, you've got men, and on the other hand, you've got women. But then, is that the only classification? That's a very broad classification, right? You may break it down further. So among men, you might have different people from different states of the country, or different countries for that matter. Or you may have people from different religions. So then, you know, let's say there are five men, and there are five geographical locations from they belong to, right? They have their own languages, they have their own culture, what have you. So then, is so so what do you do then, right? So, and then you can may further break it down by saying, okay, these people are from the same country, but each one has a different religion, right? Uh, and then if you're talking about India, then there are so many languages that people speak, right? So you may further break it down by language, and then you may further break it down by their, um, uh, let's say, sexual preference. So, you know, gays and lesbians and, and so on and so forth. And then you may further break it down into... So, if you keep breaking down further and further, you may break it down by education. You may further break it down by, you know, and so on and so forth, disabilities or what have you. Age, you know, this, this age is also considered to be a diversity um, classification. So, if you keep breaking it down further and further, you'll come to realize that every person is unique. Every person is his, in his own unique class. So when, when I talk about diversity, I should not be talking about a class of people. I should be talking about each unique individual, right? Each individual is unique. Does that mean that a bias doesn't exist? Of course it does. It does. It's just that we are not, when, I, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, we should not say we'll hire women or we'll hire people from a certain religion or people with disability or people of a certain age because then we are classifying it. We just need to understand that it's a it's a subject that is a little more complex than, uh, than this or that. So then what do we do? You know, okay, fine. We understand every individual is unique. Every individual has its own class and it's we, we can't really, you know, sort of classify them and it's a complex subject. What do we do then? Well, people say that Peter Drucker said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And there's some controversy about whether he actually said it or not, because there's a ton of material that says he never said it in any book, at least. Or, And there are other people who said that he did. But the important thing is that culture uh, is a very important thing, organizational culture. you know. Um, and the way that we can, in my opinion, and I'm not, I'm going to leave it out, you know, uh, this topic open, you know, listen to my podcast and you tell me, what you think is a solution to this problem. I think that culture is a very important thing. Uh, the responsibility of creating a good, healthy, diverse culture lies upon the leaders of the organization. The leaders need to educate their people. They need to constantly talk about this to their people, help them understand that we have to keep our biases in check. We have to constantly keep an eye on how we are thinking. In fact, there is um, in Rig Veda, there is a uh, there's this quote. It's a, a Hindu scripture in which there is this quote that there is a bird that is eating a fruit, and then there is another bird that is watching this bird eat the fruit. So the bird that is eating the fruit is us, and the bird that is watching this bird eat the fruit is our inner spirit, is our mind, inner, inner eye. So similarly, we should always watch ourselves as to how we are behaving. Are we being biased? 
are we truly looking at the unique individual that is sitting across the table giving an interview and truly recognizing the talents and skills that they bring to the table or are we just choosing someone that we like right i have seen many people choose not so appropriate a person just because that person is more congenial more uh, similar more like the interviewer so so what i'm trying to say is it's the leader's responsibility to ensure that they educate the people within the organization to ensure that they keep a check on the biases there is no um, organizational solution to this there is no enterprise solution to this there is no rule or policy that you can create that can truly fix this issue right because i've seen this go both ways i've seen organizations where they have uh, equality of outcomes and that has failed uh, it has created an environment where there is a moral breakdown where people are not happy that on one end that some person was promoted to a certain position because of their gender or because of their ethnicity or etc etc in fact i have i know women who come and tell me that they don't want this bias they don't want to be promoted because they are women because what happens is let's say there is a woman who got promoted and she's hard working and she's intelligent and she's exceptionally good at what she does because of her hard work she gets promoted but people around her are going to think that she got promoted because she's a woman so all the hard work and effort and all the discipline and all the ingenuity that she shows is wasted simply because there is a policy that there are positions that are reserved for women and people will think that she got promoted because she is a woman and i know women who don't want that people women who come and say we don't want to get promoted because we are women we want to get promoted because the effort that i put in and and i see some exceptionally good women out there i mean well my manager is a woman and uh, i have known her for 9 years now actually today is thursday tomorrow i'll complete 9 years in my current organization and and i'm known her for 9 years and i'm not saying that she's the best leader that i've ever well technically now if you think about it she is actually the best leader that i've ever seen and i'm not saying this just because she's my current manager and might be listening to this podcast i'm saying this because i've seen her evolve right she was not the best leader when we started 9 years ago there were some nuances there were some gaps that she had in her leadership style but then over the years i have seen her mature i've seen her become a great leader today right she's aggressive when she's assertive when she's ambitious but she's also benign and she's fair fair is a very very important thing that she has she's fair you know she actively makes sure that there are no biases she has incredible integrity and she encourages that within the people within her organization and the culture that she has created within the organization is exceptional we are we have in the last 9 years not found a single reason to leave her team there are people who have joined with me in my organization who have shifted their roles shifted their teams many people have left many people have shifted their roles within the organization i've stuck around simply because of her leadership style you know i've enjoyed and and it's not just her of course you know i have my peers who are absolutely amazing and it's again a very diverse team that my peers are also uh, it's a very diverse team and, and we've enjoyed quite a bit working here so in my opinion the only way that you can resolve this diversity and inclusion how do i put it impasse is by creating a culture within the organization where people understand that diversity and inclusion is a very important thing and they make sure that they watch out for the biases that they have it's a softer aspect 
and it's something that needs to be inculcated there is no hard way of uh, you know putting this through unfortunately i can't see any other solution to this unique challenge so let me know what you think about diversity and inclusion and let me know what you think about this impasse between uh, equality of opportunities and equality of outcomes and how you would resolve a challenge like this that's all i have for you today folks i hope you enjoyed the show more about organizational agility innovation and enterprise architecture in the practical world in the business right here on the show but before i end the show i want you to help me out with this one little thing pause the show and share this podcast via whatsapp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show it could be anyone your colleague your boss someone in your team that's all i ask just one share with one message via text or whatsapp or any social media of your choice and it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base also please don't forget to follow the podcast that way you'll get notified when we publish a new episode if you want to find out more about us you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com if you have ideas thoughts disagreements please feel free to write to me directly Uh, we also have a telegram group if you would like to contribute to the ea discussions or what have you just search for enterprise architecture radio on telegram or the url to join the group is https://t.me/enterprisearchitectureradio while our contact details are there in the show notes we are very easy to find just search for enterprise architecture radio anywhere twitter linkedin facebook instagram youtube even discord Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one.